0: Welcome to I Don't Know Which Edition of the Disrespected Podcast. Brian McFadden here, owner of the Hollywood Hustle. Brett Caseman, owner of the Dubrovnik Dragons. You never know when this is going to hit, Brett. Normally in the past, this has been a direct retaliation based on something that's happened. But this time we're like, no, let's just do a podcast.
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, it's been a while. We're like, you know what? Let's just drop this out of nowhere and let them hear our wonderful thoughts in motion.
0: And we don't have broken mics, so already we are a step ahead of the other podcast, which will not be named. Uh, But this is going to be a little different. We have have show notes. We have some topics, unlike in the past where it was basically you and I just – (laughs) mainly against darren uh and and something he specifically has said
1: i I, I feel a little insulted i've been replaced by uh tanish now (laughs) yeah
0: it's like we you and i we've kind of uh made our beds and we've made our and now it's like oh the the darren uh laser eyes are set directly on on mr tanish
1: Mm -hmm. it'll come back to us eventually at some point but for now and uh Take all the attention. He
0: took all the, what he did is he took all the old guys. <laughs> he, 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 he took our, our old guys. If you, how, how's all the old guys, Darren automatically just is disgusted by your, your team makeup. And you know what? Uh, Tanish, you're winning. So keep doing what you're doing. That that's what we did. Uh, and we both made a championship
1: game. So absolutely to carry that torch, Tanish. <laughs> carry
0: the torch. I will be cheering for Tanish, other than myself, but we'll, we'll get into the fact that uh, by means, I still can't understand. I'm actually in the playoff hunt right now. Uh, let's talk about the playoff race, Brett. Let's start there. We don't have to start at the wild card because well, I'm mm-hmm. obviously going to want to talk a little bit more about that. Uh, let's just start with your your thoughts. Has anything surprised you so far with who we have some teams that have locked up? Playoff seeding. So we're, what, two more regular season weeks. We are Brett. really close. What are your thoughts on the state of the PDL playoff race right now?
1: Um, I would say the top three seeds are kind of ones I already imagined being locked ahead. Uh, before the season started because i knew that max and tommy and steve were kind of going to be like the juggernauts of the league okay i'm still kind of shocked that tommy hasn't lost a game yet because he came close a couple times and he even admitted himself that if he had versed such and such a team instead of this person then he would have lost but no he's got that magical rabbit foot somewhere probably locked up um but definitely those three are ones i'm not surprised um I am pretty impressed and proud of Tanish for climbing his way up to fourth because Noah kind of got a little iffy early on, but he's been uh, taking the Purdue of me onto himself right there and making a good run the last couple weeks. So, pretty impressed with that. Uh, Darren is you know, right in the thick of it, obviously. I don't know if he locked it in a playoff spot this week or not, but I mean, his points uh, forwarded will probably guarantee him at least like fifth or sixth in that regard. Um, so I would definitely say those guys are doing a great job. Um, I think, like you mentioned, like the wild card. I think, like it being a three-man race right now. I think it's doing its job in terms of making the season more competitive and more engaging to watch, especially. We'll get, a,
0: we'll get to the, the wild card. I want to save a yeah. special spot. This is disrespected. We get to talk about our teams longer
1: uh, oh, because we're we're running the show. <laughs> but, oh, go ahead. Uh, we oh, should.
0: It, it would it would behoove us not to mention that that Darren uh, at seven to five mm. uh, has it looks like about 180 more points for than Steve. Like you talked about, Oh, we thought Steve would be top three and, and I'm with you. I think I predicted that as well. I might even have predicted Mike up there. I can't remember. Um, but Darren complaining about the schedule, but you got to give him a little nugget that he has scored almost 200 points more than the current third place team.
1: Yeah. It's it definitely helps that a lot of his players this year are more healthy and are performing compared to last year where he kind of had his aspirations and they kind of fell on his face. So He's making a good comeback and kind of showing what his uh, players are capable of on his team. So I give him credit for that.
0: Looking at the standings now, this may or may not surprise you. It surprises me. Uh, Max has been on a tear lately. And you mentioned yes. Tommy has has skated out of some victories. <clears throat> Max is only 23 points less than Tommy overall. Uh, points for for the season.
1: Yeah, that's definitely like, again, I know that I've made a couple of trades with Max throughout the season as i've been rebuilding there but i think definitely max is making a very strong charge and i think he's making tommy a little nervous right there because usually tommy's more like confident but he's like oh man like max is gonna be a champ blah blah he's kind of like downplaying himself which i can kind of see pros and cons with that but yeah i think max is definitely like i think if he can potentially uh lock up the first or second seat i think he definitely is a strong contender for the title like it wouldn't surprise me if tommy and max for the final two in the championship and that it comes down to like a final play or two
0: max would have to lose both of his last two games to not get a buy at this point because he is one game ahead of steve and he is almost 300 points ahead of steve so even if steve wins and max loses next week in week 13 max still gets him on points four so he would have to lose again and steve would have to win out so i think we can pretty clearly say that Not only are are Tommy and and Max in the playoffs, but they have locked up the number one and number two seeds.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. Do we know what Max's uh, next two games are, his opponents?
0: Uh, No, but I can tell you in two seconds. So week 13 matchups, we've got, where is Murphy Street? Murphy Street, they're playing Southern Oregon Smoke, uh, but... Mike has a bunch. of Mike has Josh Allen on bye. So, oh yes, yeah, that, yeah. he's he's struggling to put up 100 points with Josh Allen. So yeah, I without
1: him, it'll be worse.
0: Yeah, correct. And then in week 14, um, let's see, he gets uh, Greg. No, it's it's,
1: it's
0: <laughs> <laughs> easy, dub. <laughs> uh, easy dub. That was that was a hashtag analysis. That was about about as easy as we could have uh, making mm-hmm. those predictions. Oh yeah,
1: I, I can't imagine Max losing over the next two weeks for sure.
0: There is a, let's see who Tommy plays this week. Uh, Tommy plays you. And the reason I'm pointing that out is because he plays me next week. Mm -hmm. And if he loses both of those, Max, we've already determined he's going to win out. And Max makes up that 23 points. Max still has a shot at the number one seed. uh, And it looks like Tommy's got some people on by this week. Right now he's projected at 98 points. Obviously he's going to put, he's got, he's got a nice uh, deep roster, but I don't know. Stranger things have happened.
1: Oh, absolutely. Like, again, like early in the season when I was still like, all right, I can still compete with like my one in three record, I was looking through like the next couple of weeks saying, okay, long term projection, how would I do? And when I saw my matchup with Tommy, I was like, oh my gosh, the matchup like projected to be close or like a little bit ahead. And then as soon as I was selling off my pieces and assets, I was like, okay, probably not going to be as close as I want it to be at this point. Uh, but, you know, I'll do Tommy's my best. Got,
0: Tommy's got Lamar on by Josh Jacobs on by. Stefan Diggs on by uh, Devonte Adams on by not that he plays Gabe Davis, but Gabe Davis on by. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's a lot of guys. Now he's got uh, the quarterback's going to be an issue. He's got, he's got Jalen hurts still, uh, but against the Niners and uh, Desmond Ritter is his super flex QB, I guess.
1: Uh, I guess so. after the trade that he did with Michael, I guess uh, Tim Boyle wasn't the answer for him. <laughs>
0: He'll have to. Yeah, I know, right? He's He has yeah. Boyle, too, but I'm assuming he's going to play R- Although Ritter plays the Jets.
1: Who knows? Yeah, who, who, who's going to suck less than the other in that case?
0: He's going to have to put um, Derek Henry, not a bad person, on your bench to put in for no. Josh Jacobs. But it's, like, it's <laughs> not <laughs> like this is the weakest his team will be all regular season. So, you know, Sam Howell, we know he can put up points for you. Mm-hmm. Uh Browning, I don't know, weak, weaker secondary against Jacksonville. Uh, maybe he puts up some points there.
1: I mean, he's been consistent with 12. I'm trying to so. manifest it here for you, Brad. I'm trying.
0: I'm trying to manifest it. We, we need drama. That. We need some drama. Can you imagine if, if you do beat him, and of course Max is going to beat Mike pretty handily, mm-hmm. then it'll he'll be within uh, smelling distance of that, that number one seed, uh there's the wars, the, the armor wars that built up in the offseason, they're just going to be on high alert.
1: Oh, for sure. It's it's kind of like the whole league is like, come on, like you, you can beat Tommy, like ruin that lost record. But like I said, I, I think it's uh it's going to be close, but I think it's going to be one of those things where I think like the first one o'clock games will be kind of close. And then by the time it gets to be like the Sunday night football game, I think Tommy's going to end up like having a player explode for his team. I think that's looking at it like you know McCaffrey is always going to go off because he's just a you no know, a machine through and through. You know it is against Philly. Eagles think, have the
0: number three run defense, but McCaffrey can hurt you in more ways than just running.
1: The ball. Yeah, I think like if if, uh, if the Eagles pressure Purdy enough, then I think he's going to be dumping it off to McCaffrey and just letting him do his own thing. So if not from a rushing standpoint, I think at least because you nowhere in PPR right here that he's just going to get like seven or eight catches, so that'll definitely help him at least that way
0: all right so let's finally get to the wild card race we we mentioned tommy and max and steve are actually clinched, like not hypothetically they have little asterisks next to their name tanish is technically clinched congrats your first year in the pdl make it to the playoffs uh join both brett and myself as first time owners making it to the playoffs so once again uh keep that flag going uh darren is not technically clinched but i think we can pretty much say even if he f- somehow didn't get the fifth seed He's like 300 points more than the yeah, wild card it, team. It's a safe
1: bet for him to make it. It's a it.
0: safe bet, him. So then it comes down to that sixth seed, which is total points four. There was a, a little blip where people thought max points, but no, we're, we we agree that total points four uh, to keep it competitive. And the current race is, I posted in the chat earlier, so I don't have it handy, um, but it's, it's me. I'm in first and Mike is behind me by, I want to say about 20 points. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Jeff right behind him by maybe another five or six points. So everybody within like, I think 30 points for that wild card spot, Mike, we just mentioned, uh, got, um, Josh Allen on by, and that is his one guy that he can always count on. Justin Jefferson is coming back, but the Vikings are on by, so that's a moot point. Maybe mm-hmm. he can make up for it in week 14. Um, I have got, I'm playing the earthquakes, which at this point, wins and losses literally don't
1: matter. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's like when Daryl uh, was like, oh, I'd love to see Jeff make it in on a 3-11 record. <laughs> and I'd be like, wow, that would be a, that would a, be a feat, pure, right? Now.
0: Pure <laughs> insanity. Uh, I don't have any major buys. I have Gus Edwards, who has been great, but this past week, Keith Mitchell got the majority of the touches, so I don't really count on him going forward. Um, I had a, a, a decent week without him.
1: Yeah, I mean, c- c- the Gus bus is like the new uh, LeGarrette Blunt of the Ravens, where That's he amazing. just like falls into the end zone. He'll rack up like 10 plus... CDs, so oh, you that.
0: So let's look at Jeff this week. Uh Tua, nice matchup against the Commanders. David Montgomery. Uh against the Saints. We'll have to see a bit how much he splits with Jameer Gibbs. Uh Ramondre Stevenson against the Chargers. Nice matchup. Uh Keenan mm-hmm. Allen against the Patriots. Uh Thielen against the Bucks, but the Thielen, that whole uh,
1: he, the, the whole offense is a trade. It's kind of of falling
0: point. off. Uh <laughs> Curtis Samuel, he has currently starting. Dalton Schultz. Christian Watson against the Chiefs, uh, Rashid Rice coming off his best game of the season going up against the Packers, and then Jared Goff against a, a, a usually good Saints defense. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's got some nice starters. The, uh, the eye test definitely looks good for, for Jeff. I know he is very laser-focused on catching me. Um, so that that's the state. I, I think it'll come down to me and Jeff, even though Mike is, unless he can get an explosion week in week 14, Uh, This is going to put this week's going to put Mike behind the eight ball.
1: Yeah, I think it's definitely a three man horse right there. And I think it's all the moves that were made prior to today, I think, will be like the difference makers. Kind of like with Jeff and I, you know, giving him Montgomery and Goff in that package deal. And then what you've been doing with acquiring your assets. I think and would, selling
0: like, assets, and apparently and so, yeah. that that works for
1: awesome. me. It's a lot. Of, it's a lot to the part of me, like, what if? It's like, what? No, what if you didn't give away George Kittle, and um I think it was Calvin Ridley, but then you got him back, and then for me, I no, was, I
0: didn't. No, I didn't give up Ridley. I, I've, I've had Ridley really the whole time, but I gave up. Uh, Pollard was the other one.
1: Okay, that's that's one. Yeah, because for me, I was like, well, like, I had Evans, and I had Goff, and I had Montgomery, and it's kind of like know if i don't act too quickly someone get hurt like again poor welch i felt bad because when i traded kirk and then he tore his achilles the next day i was like so before we
0: get into team breakdowns because we're gonna do that next but hey we got a script brett we're gonna stick to the script we actually have show notes for this one Uh, you wanted to talk about this
1: yeah i was like uh, but overall yeah i think you and jeff are probably the top two and i think if i had to make a prediction i think you'll probably eke out jeff by like 50 points
0: i like that i have a cushion uh, I, I think mm-hmm. that's the thing that's making me feel good in my work. team. My young guys are, are really starting to produce consistently. Um, Ridley has finally started to to pay off what I paid for him. So that's been nice to see uh, Jordan love is, is coming up and Purdy has been one of the most consistent fantasy quarterbacks this season. So if they can keep it up, I'm also feeling good about my chances um, before we get into our, the state of our teams. Let's talk about the state of the rest of the PDO. This was something you yeah. wanted to cover. So I'm going to yes. let you run with this to start. Um, what do you mean by the state of the PDL? We want to look into the off-season, next season, direction of certain owners. You have the floor, sir.
1: Oh, thank you, sir. Uh, I would say overall, when I was thinking about like the state of the PDL, I was kind of looking at each team and seeing kind of like, what is their game plan for this off-season or into next year? Because obviously we can kind of tell that there's a – huge gap in terms of like, Hey, like these are re- rebuilding teams. These are the contenders. And these are like the, in between where like fighting for a playoff spot. So it's kind of so one of the things you want to where- go
0: team by team. You want to give thoughts. Um, on- yeah,
1: on I mean, if you want to go team by team, I'm good with doing that too. Let's do
0: that. Let's start. Let's start from the bottom all the way to the top. Um, obviously Austrian Oaks, uh, owen and 12, the only winless team in the PDO, but this is no news to, to Greg himself or the rest of the PDO. He has been rebuilding, uh, In urgency over the past few seasons, he has stockpiled an insane amount of draft picks. I think this is not, I think, I know this is the year he's finally looking to use those picks uh, for actually competing in 2024. I know that that is is not competing necessarily for a title, but winning some football games because number one, this is a fantastic draft class. Uh, And number two, even he admits like it's, this is tough oh yeah like, every week you and i are so competitive like oh, yeah <laughs> I, I could not do what he's doing
1: right oh, oh no exactly like when i finally had to like throw in the towel and say i'm rebuilding i'm like I've never done this before. I was like, I'm just, like you said, I'm so competitive. Like I want to win at all costs. And as we, you know, we we fucked them picks earlier last season and we're like, okay, we can't do that. I spent
0: like two weeks rebuilding before I'm like, Nope, I'm going to go for the wild card race.
1: Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, again, like Greg is like the anti fuck them picks because he's just been able to acquire so much. And granted, I know you've been kind of, uh, exceeding expectations right there but obviously i think it was a couple weeks ago where greg's like oh my gosh i have like the first four picks in this draft right now which you know kudos to him because he timed that pretty well given our state of affairs but seeing as though he has michael yours mine and his own he's going to own the first half of the first round (laughs) easily so i'm kind of really curious to see what he does with those picks whether he drafts for rookies or ends up like selling one of those picks for a like ready to compete type of player for next year. I actually season.
0: think he will do a mix. I don't think he will use them all on rookies. I think he uh he used his strategic moves to land Justin Herbert,
1: right? Yeah. So he's gonna pick up. Uh
0: so I think that is going to be he's gonna use the leverage that he has at the time when it is the most valuable, which is during or right before the 2024 draft when everybody gets draft pick hungry. Uh, he's going to get a number of veterans, but I think you can't pass up a guy like uh, Caleb Williams or if he prefers Drake May. So I think he's going to use some of those draft picks. Marvin Harrison Jr., like those two right there to to get them in their rookie seasons. Yeah, uh, but those other f- firsts, yeah. I mean, he's already said that there's no way he's drafting a tight end in the first round. So uh, Brock Bowers is off the the table. Mm-hmm. Um, he's already got Herbert, so would he take May, uh, Williams and May? No, I. so I think maybe he uses two of them, trades to him.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I can definitely see him taking one, maybe two wide receivers in terms of, like, it's a really strong draft class in that case. If he wants to take a you no know, a second quarterback, I know that he has basically three uh, backup quarterbacks, oh, sorry, four backup quarterbacks on his bench right now, which obviously he's not going to keep all of them, but I think definitely he, he might either draft one or he might use one of those picks to trade for a quarterback, whether that's like a young and up upcoming one, or maybe like a you know, 25, 26 year old quarterback, take your pick, I guess. But I think Greg is setting himself up in a good spot to at the very least compete for a wild card next year, depending on you know, what players he picks and or what he trades off. Um, Cause I think Greg is someone who is savvy enough that he can take what is given to him and uh, apply it in a way that gets him in a good position for whatever next move comes afterwards.
0: I think competing for a wild card is going to be tough in 2024, but I do think he will be competitive, meaning he's for two straight seasons. He hasn't won any games. He hasn't even really been close, but Mm. I think he's uh, other than uh, what happened last year where he (laughs) (laughs) against Josh, we we don't have to go into that detail, you know, relive his, his Greg's nightmare.
1: I mean, even uh, Tommy mentioned that, no, he, he hasn't been the lowest scoring team in, like, the last two or so weeks. So yeah. even though he has, like, a half roster of competitive players, like, he's actually not doing bad compared to you know, at least one but, other but team. going
0: But going into every week, he expects to lose, right? And I think there oh, yeah. will be games next year where he will uh, expect to win. And I think that is going to be the difference. And just that change in mentality where he's mm-hmm. going into a week and he's just not automatically, like, let's just keep going, let me just yeah who's on the waiver wire no it's like oh wait no i pay attention to the games because i have a chance <laughs> to win this week i think that'll be huge and then with all the young talent he's gonna be stockpiling 2025 um that might be the year we see him actually competing for oh
1: yeah he, he's he's definitely gonna find the fountain of youth in the next off season here and that's competitive fiery spirit so is just going to launch out and he'll be like all right i'm ready to compete boys here come the oaks so he's, i'm definitely looking forward to seeing what he does next i year. am
0: in awe of your patience greg there's no way in hell i could have done what you did so by that right. measure alone he deserves some sort of special award uh let's go on to michael and the california earthquakes who is suddenly a little frisky with the moves he's been making uh especially with the lack of assets that he had taken over Josh's team. You got to say kudos for taking it on in the first place, Michael, and kudos for actually making it interesting. You got guys like Kyler Murray drafting Roshan Johnson, Michael Pittman, Mike Evans, you know, taking some of the the former Dubrovnik dragons there. Uh, Hollywood Brown, he got from me. I mean, this is a team that it suddenly has pieces.
1: Oh, absolutely. Like, honestly, when I when I looked at his roster this past week, I was, like, dumbfounded because I was, like, oh, my gosh, all three of his starting wide receivers used to be on my team in one way or another. So, I was, like, it's good to see them being successful still after being on a be Robbing Dragon. It's
0: like your babies have graduated and then yeah. they, it's about the real <laughs> <Exactly>.
1: world. <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, shed that, like, one singular tear of happiness to be, like, oh, my gosh, like, you guys did it. Good job. Um, But yeah, I think his roster right now, even though like his record doesn't show it, like his roster, like you said, is way better than Josh ever had in my three years of being in the league right here. So he's already made his team more respectable than anything that I think Josh had uh, leading up to now. Also Um,
0: 17 draft picks over the next two years, including 10 in 2024. No firsts in uh, either year, but... Um, a number of seconds, a whole bunch of thirds, and obviously a crap ton of fourths. He's got ammo.
1: Absolutely. Again, it's like quality over quant yeah, quantity over quality, I should say. But again, he has the ammo to make more moves, especially to compete or say, yo, like if I want to go after this quarterback, like how many picks will it need to take? Kind of thing, depending on the quality of that person. But I think having options is like the best route obviously. And that's what Michael has, like you said, like so many picks over the next three years that if he wants to you know, dive down head first and compete next year, he can potentially do it. Or, you know, he can play the waiting game and see, like you said, like right before the draft, let's see how antsy we are with wanting to trade and see what move, uh, pieces move around. Um, but yeah, I think Michael is definitely, again, setting himself up to not only compete now, but to make moves in the future. Because like I said, I think he's in a good spot with his uh, quarterback with Kyler Murray and some of his younger wide receivers like Pittman and Brown. I think in his case, he definitely needs to uh, find that second quarterback because obviously, like, Dobbs was doing well, and then... Yeah, Dobbs might, might
0: not even be starting <laughs> next week, let alone next yeah. season. So uh, this is tight end, Michael Mayer, you know, hasn't really shown much. So it, running back, he, he has plenty of needs. Let's not get that wrong, but he has a plan, and he has enacted that plan and it has returned him a number of valuable assets especially if kyler can find a way to be a starting quarterback next season he's looked good so far uh the cardinals uh wh- who knows but um hey michael point is good on you for taking this on and good on you for actively showing that your plan is kind of working man
1: yeah kudos to you michael great job
0: All right, let's move on. We're going to skip. We're going to do you and me last. So we'll skip over you, and we'll go to, according to the record standings, let's go ahead and talk about the Wichita whirlwind. Jeff, sitting at 3-9, and uh, Darren wants him to be the first and 3-11 team to to make the playoffs on point. So he still has that shot in the wild card. Uh, But we know Jeff's a competitive guy. He's definitely not in rebuilding mode. uh, But his team's only won three games. Like, like, what do you do in that scenario?
1: Yeah, I I think... I think I put it in the chat the other day, but I just literally told Jeff, I'm like, yo, Jeff, like, you must have broken every single bad luck thing imaginable. Oh, like, yeah. Well, yeah we, liked- that's right. <laughs> we have
0: to give, we have to mention the insanely bad luck. Like, he called it. He's like, oh, I'm I'm facing Hollywood next week. He's going to get 150 points. I got, like, 166. I was like, man, wow, this, the curse is real.
1: Oh, absolutely. Like, I, I was looking at the whole points forward versus points allowed, and his team has allowed 1,817 some points which is like almost 300 more than the next highest one. Uh, I know I'm like third highest on the PA. So just seeing how much, because like if his PA wasn't so abnormally high, I think he would have had at least like another three wins easy. The only two
0: teams in the league who have scored more than points have been against Jeff are Tommy and Max.
1: Exactly, and I I think that goes without saying, right there, that if he if he didn't have bad luck, he'd have like no luck at all, kind of thing. Because, like I said, like his team is definitely one that can compete and can really go toe to toe with anyone in the league. It's just a matter of just being so close, especially when like his opponents' players go off at like an absurd time. Because I think he was close to beating uh, Steve this past week, and then Steve ended up eking out by like five points. So. No, my heart goes out to Jeff because I know he's definitely like the record doesn't show how well his season is going. And that's why, again, we have that six uh, C wild card. So we'll see how it ends up going with him. But I think definitely um, he will stay competitive this offseason. I know he doesn't have the draft capital to really make too many moves. But if he has he, a
0: fourth, that's it. Nothing yeah, he, in 2025, a no, first and a fourth in 2026. He has. I don't even think I got down to that few draft, And there were a point where I had almost no draft picks as well. Uh, So he has, there is no reloading. There is no retooling. He has to work with what he's given here.
1: Yeah. Which is why I think he's going to stay committed at least through next season to.
0: You got Thielen is, I mean, he's already showing signs in the middle of this season, a great start, great story. Mm -hmm. I think you're not going to get anything like that next year. Keenan Allen has to, go down at some point. It's 31.
1: He'll so be 32 <laughs> next year. He's like the Tom Brady of wire receivers where he's like, he's old, but he's getting it done. But everyone says kind of waiting for the wheels to fall off eventually. So we'll see if, I don't know the injury bug eats him up, but uh, he, no, it's, it's been a really impressive season because I think he was like top five wire receiver in the PDL after he was trying to get him away. And people were like, nah, I don't want that old guy. And then Jeff's like, sure, I'll take him. And it's worked out so far, but yeah, I think definitely, just looking at his lineup, you know he has a good amount of youth and experience because again we have Christian Watson who's only like twenty four, and then Dalton Kincaid he has. Um, and see, Rash- I, I'm a little.
0: But- it's going to be tough for him to make a jump though. That that's really yeah. what I'm like. I think he's going to stay in, because he doesn't have any draft picks to add to his team either through the the, the draft itself or through trading. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he'll probably be, he'll be competing against next year, but it's like.
1: He needs that Purdue magic from me. <laughs>
0: right. You, you either need the magic, or when we talk about how, my approach, um, you either have to figure I get some magic, or just go really, really young with the hope that your team will just develop over the course of multiple seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think he has enough of that young talent. But uh, we're
1: for you, Jeff. <laughs> Hopefully, you'll. Oh yeah. Uh,
0: if um, I don't, if I don't make the playoffs, Jeff, I mean, I, I actually, I don't. If I don't make the playoffs, I don't care who makes the playoffs. <laughs> I, I like you, Jeff. You know, we're friends, so uh good luck on you um but uh, i i hope i i make it right. <laughs> um, all right let's go next to welch and the dallas drip uh currently sitting at five and seven this is a guy who has also been rebuilding but then quickly went started to compete but then like took a step back again and i think it was like uh, like he got his engines revving and then realized he couldn't go very far in the tracks and so he's like okay let's let's bring it back to the station
1: Oh, yeah. Like, I'm just looking at his team's performance this week, and I'm just seeing so many like highs and lows across the board where like Trevor Lawrence had 25 some points, but Bryce Young only had eight points. Then you have like Devontae Smith, who goes off for 20 points. Then you have Addison, who went for 6.9. And then Bryce Hall, or sorry, yeah, Bryce Hall had, uh, sorry, yeah, Bryce Hall had 8.40 points it was a kind of yeah, love.
0: Bryce and have- Bryce. Bryce.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm messing it up. Um, but then you have like Nico Collins who went off for 19 points and St. LaPorte for 17. So it's kind of like if some of those other guys just like performed at least at normal average level, again, I think his team would have won that week. But like I said, like he has, again, that good experience and youth right there. It's just putting it all together, which I don't think his players have done yet. And I think mid season, I think Welch was like, you know what? Like I'm close. I have the players in me. Like I'm gonna make that leap. I'm gonna go ahead and you know, trade for you no know, win now players in that case. Again, for like cousins. I the cousins trade and again, I'm sorry Welch. <laughs> I didn't know that he was gonna tear his Achilles oh, the nobody day nobody knew but, that. Yeah. But uh yeah, so I feel like he again he is definitely closer to competing now than he did last year. I just think again well, like here's, injury bug help hurt them.
0: Here's the difference between him and, and Jeff's team is almost his entire roster are are guys that could still make the leap.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Right. So Trevor Lawrence, he, the, we've already seen what he can do. Brees Hall is only in year two. Uh Devontae Smith is kind of already there. Jordan Addison is a rookie. Nico Collins is just now having his breakout. Sam Laporta is a rookie. Uh, I think we can throw away the skymore. Uh, experiment is is yeah, done at this point but Drake London is only in year 2 he has has shown spurts and Bryce Young look he's, it's a rookie quarterback we've seen some bad some great quarterbacks have crappy rookie years yeah, so, <laughs> right so you've got all these Trevor Lawrence uh, cra- yeah. crappy rookie year so you've got these uh players who if if all or a number of them make a jump next year suddenly that Welch could make that leap into possibly competing with some of the top teams that was the the issue i th- and, and not that Jeff doesn't know this but and Welch still has some draft picks. He has his own pick, the first, which is probably going to be like a top three, top four pick. Um, he's got my second and his own second. He's got two thirds. He's got some... some. has mom- got three first ammo. round this
1: next year. So
0: Right, correct. So it, it, he's got the young pieces and he's got the picks to go on top of that. So I think uh, Welch might have jumped the gun a little this year, but I think next year... Uh, he could be pretty dangerous.
1: Oh, absolutely. He is, he is definitely not done making deals, especially because if he doesn't miss the playoffs, he can still make trades, kind of with the league settings that the playoff teams can't make trades, but those non-playoff ones can. So I think uh, Welch will feel in, you know, compelled to be like, you know what, Like, let's get set up for next year, boys. Like, Let's see who I can trade among the other teams and set myself up to compete for a wild card next year. So I think Walsh is definitely in a good spot, and I'm kind of excited to see what he does with that mixture of young players and draft picks and see what he does to get his team more ready.
0: So let's talk about the Southern Oregon Smoke. Uh, Mike, a team that started off hot, uh, a team that a lot of people thought might have been in that top three discussion. Now he's in the wild card hunt, but seemingly you and I kind of already said of the three teams that are in the wild card, he is probably on the bottom of that list, uh, but hasn't really made any moves, does have. Uh, draft capital two firsts in 2024, uh, three seconds, two thirds, and then a first two seconds and three thirds next year. So he's got capital, he's got young players, but he's not really making any moves. I-, I mean, what's your take on Mike? I don't know what he's trying to do. I don't like, you know, we had that, we're not going to get into the whole discussion on yeah. uh, the, the lineup uh, setting, I don't, I don't, yeah, and and um. <laughs>
1: yeah been there uh, then uh, Levis
0: yeah. and all that yeah correct but it's <laughs> like but uh, i guess i don't know i can't speculate on what mike's strategy is
1: right so i i know that when i was selling off my players like him and i had a couple discussions with uh, goff and Montgomerys more specifically um and i think in his mind he's he was willing to go up to a certain point with draft picks, but he didn't want to give away like his first. I feel like it's kind of like goal and be like my precious, like my first rounders, which you know I can respect that obviously with Mike because you know, first uh, round picks are like gold in the PDL now more than ever. Um, I think with Mike, I-, I think definitely the injury bug out of everybody in the league, I think the injury bug hurt him the most, especially with Justin Jefferson, Jefferson and then Luke, Mus- Luke Musgrave and – uh just his quarterback play too with the whole Mac Jones
0: Kenneth Walker you know, injury.
1: Yeah. So I, I feel like if his it's almost kind of like what Darren was last year, where like he had a team that could compete and then he has had so many injuries and underperformances that it kind of sunk his season. And I feel like in this case it's not as bad as Darren's group was last year. But I think for Mike it's kind of like after the Jefferson injury, I think I don't know if it was that week or the, that night after it happened where he, like, put a bunch of players up for sale. And he was like, all right, like, can't compete. Let's do this. So I feel like he was, like, quick to react to the injury news. But then um, he didn't do anything. Yeah, yeah. It was so I think like that's my point. He cool. has
0: reactions. But you and I, if we get into a spot like we will go to town. We will show our roster or or we'll throw all our picks away, (laughs) fuck them picks and go get some starter, you know, whatever we take action. And a lot of the people in the league are like that. And Mike is, I think that's the biggest thing is I don't understand his strategy because he doesn't take action. He's just, he'll complain when things don't, don't go well, but then it's just like status quo. It is what it is. I'm not going to make any trades or not. I'm just going to float on by.
1: Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head on that because I think he, I know he definitely wants to compete, like, that's no question. I just think in his mind, it's kind of like, all right, like, what calculated or necessary risks can I make for this year? And I think once. injury bug and underperformance for mac jones then he kind of like teetered like well i wonder
0: i wonder if he thinks it's out of his hands i wonder if he's like like the fantasy gods have control you know jesus take the wheel whatever uh like you and me we try to take like i i want to control my destiny i will make trades i will do whatever i have to do and he's just like well it is what it is either i'm uh, i'm stung by the injury bug or uh you know my draft picks hit or they don't hit oh well I'm like, ah, I don't like that. The the, the passivity of it all is is foreign to me.
1: Yeah, I I, I think it was kind of the whole motion of like, okay, I want to compete, but then like, I want to preserve my draft capital because what if this happens? And I just think like you said, like the indecisive. indecisive. Scared
0: money don't make money, Mike.
1: Exactly. (laughs) So I think, like I said, like, because you and Jeff made moves during the season to kind of bolster up and add depth to your team. I think because Mike was hesitant to do that and give away like draft picks or maybe some other players. I think that opportunity for him kind of like, came and went in that case and i feel like that will be the difference between you three when it comes all said and done at the end of the season so i think maybe this will be like a learning opportunity for mike just be like you know what like you said like (laughs) scare money make no money so like next year it's still a competitive team and maybe he'll be able to use his traffic to draft potential breakout character he's got uh, talent i'll say that he
0: has a lot of talent so, so, so
1: yeah, I think like I said, I think Mike will take this as a learning opportunity and he'll be able to, you know, put the gas down next year and be more aggressive, I think, in making moves, knowing I that he know. might I
0: don't know that that's in his DNA, is is my point. I'm wondering if that's just how he is. Me, I tinker too much. Like I just need to stop. Right. I've made it a point, like I'm gonna stop tinkering with my lineup. I made a few moves here and there to bolster my depth, but he doesn't. He just doesn't tinker at all. Uh,
1: and Yeah. So again, that, that might just be his you know, niche or like his comfort level. In that case, I think obviously, no. I think Mike is like I said. He he is the uh, he's the kind of person who's like say t- taking control of the wheel. Like he will make his own call and he won't apologize for it. So it's kind of like his own philosophy or some way you know i respect his decision it's you know whether it's a championship winning philosophy you know obviously that's still left to be determined but you know we'll see what happens i think like you said like his is either he'll continue to be indecisive or he'll be able to say you know what like this will be the year like i'm gonna go for it and then we'll see what happens but i agree i think his indecisiveness indecisiveness this year kind of Got him to a point where it's like, okay, I want to compete, but now I don't care because I'm so injury riddled right now that even if I make it the playoffs, I'm gonna get you know booted out of the first round if I go up against you no know, Tommy or Max.
0: I just don't understand that. I always have hope. That that's just how I am. Uh, let's move on to the reason this podcast exists in the first place, and that is Mr. Darren, owner of the Carolina <laughs> Thunder. Um, No pretense. I'm just going to let you take it, Brett.
1: Sounds good. This used
0: to be a bashing Darren podcast, and it's not anymore. So, so, uh, yeah, here's your podcast.
1: Hi, Darren. Long time no see. I know (laughs) we haven't talked a lot. We haven't talked shit. Obviously, I haven't been really competitive, so I can't talk really about our uh, matchup, but... Brett's, like, Brett's going to
0: go add a bunch of veterans just so Darren gets pissed off and trashes <laughs> him on the pod right. again.
1: I mean, hey, if you have any any uh, running backs over age 26 or 7, I'll take them. <laughs> um, but I think definitely Darren, like he made great moves this past season, especially with getting DeAndre Swift and uh, uh, getting Jameer Gibbs and having CeeDee Lamb continue to break out as like a top five wide receiver because you know he took another major leap going up there and being Dak's favorite target. Uh obviously <laughs> the quarterback situation, he's still uh you no know, going it's, out Mayfield and like, I'm
0: looking at his roster and I'm like, I really, really like his roster. Mm -hmm. except his (laughs) quarterbacks (laughs)
1: are again, like uh, maybe like okay Darren like this is your intervention I know that you love Tom Brady and you know that you know he's your guy but I don't think he's coming back man you got you got to let him go you're just taking up a roster spot for Tom Brady when he becomes the NFL analyst he's not gonna go back on the field at this point but everyone else is at least no serviceable and or can we put it into a pinch so like good but
0: baker's not the future and i know i don't think he wants no. baker to be the future deshaun watts okay I'm not even gonna speculate on that <laughs> uh yeah. stafford you know well, he's serviceable i think Stafford's a serviceable qb3 mm-hmm. but uh i mean he does have draft capital he's got two firsts although they're later first he's got Tanish's and his own so those could be like uh you know pick nine and 10 uh, essentially. Um, picks. Right. So other than that, two thirds and a fourth. So really he's going to have to use those firsts on quarterbacks, I guess, and hope that kind of the second tier of, of draft quarterbacks uh, pans out. Right.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Like it's like what uh, Tommy was saying on the potty the other day. Was oh, he's got like-
0: Anthony Richardson. I forgot. I, yeah. Cause so he's been out. Yeah. So if Richardson, if Richardson can stay healthy, that's when. so then he needs to use one of those firsts on a quarterback and hope that that pans out for him because the rest of this roster Really looks solid. Like it could be a compete for a title um, type of roster if he shores up the quarterback position.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Again, like he he is running back you of the PDL with his running back roster right now, and even tight end too. Like it could be a case that he has Hawkinson, and then on the bench he has Njoku and Komet, who have both been respectable and serviceable in their own right. So I think he has a lot of depth uh, depth to back up an injury in those. Um, roster positions. Uh, and even then, like, wide receiver? You know, he has Deontay Johnson, who I know the Steelers just fired Matt Canada. So maybe the offense will start picking up at least. Yeah, but we did, did you see the
0: highlight with Johnson and the the fumble? And he's literally just, like, walking around while there's a live fumble from his so- own team?
1: uh i didn't see the play but i saw a notification saying that like he just gave up on the play and i'm like oh "Oh, it's
0: off you need to watch it he's literally standing two feet from the ball the ball's sitting on the ground and he's just walking around and like all the players around him are trying to get the ball and like he's just oblivious
1: oh yeah that's he's definitely gonna either get benched or like have a long talk with uh tomlin on what the hell man (laughs) Uh, uh, but yeah, all right, I look, definitely, let's, yeah, Darren's definitely going to be in a good spot this year as well as next year. And, look uh, at
0: us saying nice things about Darren. It, it, is it, it,
1: it's, when... it's, it's rare, but you know what? Like We do care, Darren, just not when you uh, disrespect us. Well, <laughs> he's
0: disrespecting Tanish now, so we're off also... the <laughs> we got to get Tanish on, on, on this podcast. I, I think. totally <laughs> agree. I <think> so. <laughs> all right, so let's um run through. Let's talk about Tanish uh, up next. Uh, eight and four, already clinched a playoff spot, like we said. Uh, has definitely tinkered. Unlike Mike, has definitely tinkered. Has made a lot of moves, starting with moves with me in the off season. Um, getting, I sent him James Conner, but then obviously uh, a number of other moves. I- I've sent him a bunch of players. He's, he's, he's like Hollywood 2.0. <laughs> he's he's got Pollard for me. I mentioned James Conner. Uh, he's got George Kittle, Raheem Mostert, Dante Foreman was a starter for him for a, a number of weeks. Yeah. All it, former it, Hollywood. It's,
1: it's almost like a uh, a brother franchise. It's like you and Tanish, and then it's like Michael for me. It's like he has so much of our former players. It's like you know, like I think if one of those teams ends up like winning a championship, that we should get at least like credit <laughs> or a little like shout out or something. Be like, hey, like I'm glad that we could make it happen right there.
0: But which, um, but you know, for, so for this year, he really is the new us for this year because he's got. Yeah. A hogmash of some really young and he's got Ayuk and Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, but then he's got uh James Connor, who's 28. He's got uh George Kittle, who's approaching 30, Mostert, who's already over 30. Um, and his quarterbacks are Kenny Pickett and Gardner Minshew. So he needs this year to be a run because I think a lot of the players, Tony Pollard, I mean, uh, I'll go ahead and say I traded him um mm-hmm. because I didn't I thought that was Peak value. I didn't think his value would ever be higher. I you know, I got the first back in return, uh, but yeah, I think we're already I mean, seeing he that's... doesn't have much of a future. A number of these starters might mm-hmm. not be contributing players for him in 2024.
1: Oh, yeah, I totally agree. And again, like I think you did a good job with trading Pollard. Kind of, They've been giving uh, Rico uh, Doddle like, a lot more carries to try to get more 50-50 splits to try to preserve Tony Pollard for the playoffs. Um, but like I said, I think with Tanish, I think that his team is definitely in like a win now mode because I think pass just looking, looking at his depth, like I see that you know he saw his Friarmouth on the bench and uh Hyatt from the Giants like broke out pretty well this um past game. But I think some of the other ones, like I said, I think it's like the And H5. Burrow's on
0: IR, so he does at least have Burrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's- and and it's nice to have Friarmouth, I will say. Um, but a lot of these guys, even looking at the depth. He has Zach Wilson on his team. Why does anybody have Zach Wilson on the roster? Oh, yeah. I just think there's a lot of these players that, hey, they're producing now, and hopefully they keep continue to produce for him for his playoff run, but there's a number of starters he's going to need to replace next year.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, if it's not due to injury or just losing their job to a younger, more talented you know, uh, bench uh, player, then it's definitely going to be like, hopefully, if they end up being like released or – Uh, Traded. hopefully it's to a fantasy productive offense kind of thing. Cause if they end up going to like a bottom tier team that doesn't do well offensively, then they might go into like obscurity. So I think it's one of those, like kind of like what we did is like, you know, like let's ride the momentum, ride the wave as far as it'll take you. And then at that point, you're going to
0: have to, pivot that's what, what both of us were, were forced yeah, to do but, but, but like um, i said at,
1: at least he does have some draft capital to yeah. have make up and or make some moves with two first rounders for 2024 and uh looks like about five different draft picks for 2025 so and he's, he's shown playing. the
0: willingness uh I, unlike Mike to to use that and make moves so good on you Tanish uh mm-hmm. love to have seen the progress love to see you make the playoffs and i hope you go on a deep run unless i play you and then naturally
1: i hope Anyway. <laughs> and then it's all bets are off
0: then all bets are off um uh any i mean we've talked about let, let's talk about steve and then i want to talk about tommy and max kind of collectively and then yeah. we will get to the real reason we do this show which is where we get to talk about our own teams correct yeah, um correct. all right so thoughts on the denver Brews nine and three we all kind of thought that his team uh w- was pretty well stacked especially in the starters um mm. and he's already clinched the playoff spot uh, a bias out of the question at this point, um, but he's he's got the talent if they all hit to, to maybe make a run this year.
1: Absolutely. And again, I, I know I think I mentioned earlier about how um, um, I think it was Jeff or someone who had like, the most injury-prone team, and now looking at Steve's team, I was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, so many that IR I was like, holy crap. Like Darren Waller, Michael <laughs> it's, it's-
0: Thomas, Nick Chubb, Dawson Knox, Cam Akers, Aaron Rodgers.
1: Exactly. Like if all those players were healthy and producing at the average that they've been doing up until this season, I think it could be argued that Steve may be just as like at the level of Tommy, like he could have been undefeated, I think, or only have like one loss, I think for Steve, if he had a fully healthy roster. But I think it just speaks to the depth of Steve's team that even though he has like six players on IR that he's, Sporting a nine and three record right now. No, granted, I know Darren's like, well, he has the easy record, and well, that, <laughs> his schedule that, that, is so he's, easy. So he is
0: his he's got a very strong group of starters, but he, and maybe this is because all these guys are on IR. He I do not like his bench at all. I mean, he's got guys like um Justin Ross. Who, Drew Locke.
1: That, yeah, <laughs> <Zach> Drew, <Evans.
0: laughs> Drew Locke, uh Trey Lance, which sure that's speculative. I guess Zach Evans, um, Hunter Renfro a uh, former Hustle mm-hmm. <laughs> member at one point. Um, so that's, so that's what I mean. Like he's, That's why he's he's kind of been skirting by lately and not putting up as many points is because if he's got guys on by, if there are injuries, he doesn't really have the depth to kind of manage right. that. But So this could be another one teams, like even look at his IR guys. Like personally, I think Chubb is done. I think uh, yeah. the age that he's at with the, the severity of these injuries, it's going to be really hard to come back from that, especially as a running back. Rodgers, yes. maybe he gets another year, but how fantasy relevant is he going to be? We know Acres, I think, is done. Um, yeah. Knox has been replaced. Michael yeah. Thomas, Darren Waller, I think they're they're done as well. So you don't really have a lot. He's going to lose a lot of of depth. Um, but he's still got some great pieces. Olave, a great long-term piece. A.J. Brown. A.J. Yeah, uh, Dunn. Still has Saquon. I don't think AJ Dillon is a good. That's why I traded him. Um, I I thought he would be. I mean, Um, he
1: has potential if Aaron Jones ends up leaving, but I feel like they're going to be stuck as like no. Even when he's in,
0: (laughs) Dillon is just not the guy. He's just not.
1: it's like he doesn't have as many explosive plays. Like, he'll get, like, average three yards a carry, but not much else. It's kind of like he needs more of a, like, open run scheme to allow him to, like, get the holes that he needs to kind of go out. But like you said, I think it's just the offense that they're playing in Green Bay that's kind of limiting him to what he can be uh, be capable of. But like you said, when you're sharing a backfield with Aaron Jones, who's been there for such a long time, like, it's going to just be a – are running back by committee until one of the two goes.
0: All right, let's move on to the cream of the crop, the top two teams. Um, uh, like I said, let's let's do them together. Like they are, but everybody thought in the preseason they were going to be the title contenders. They're the ones who are already locking up the bias. Just a matter of can Max squeeze out that one seed? Max has been the hotter team. Um, do we want to make predictions? Like who do you who do you think? I, I, I'm kind of feeling like Max is going to end up winning this this title. I think this could be the Patriots 2017 (laughs) uh, or Uh, 2007, where um, they go undefeated, Tommy goes undefeated and then loses in the title game to Max.
1: (laughs) It it would be like sets poetic justice (laughs) or something for it. Because I think Tommy himself mentioned too, he's like, you know what, like I'd rather lose now in the season than be perfect and then lose like the most important game right there. So I, I do agree that I think Tommy and Max being the championship battle is almost like a high 90 percent probability unless one of his players ends up going down due to injury or just some freak accident out there on the field i think in my mind i think like my brain wants to say tommy but then my heart thinks max because i feel like just in terms of consistency because i think even though max has less points than tommy i feel like max has been more consistent on a weekly basis in terms of just scoring the amount of points kind of tommy has been it was like high in the beginning and then was kind of like going up and down in terms of inconsistency. But Max has been more of like the stable kind of roster in terms of just the points that he's been doing on a weekly basis. So I think it's going to come down to, you know, like either the tight end position or their quarterback room. And again, I know that Max has traded for CJ Stroud a couple of weeks ago. And you no, know, he's been reaping the rewards after that. So I think it's the whole, like, no, Dak Prescott and C.J. Stroud versus Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts. And I think that it'll be a like, like you said, it'll be like the most epic showdown ever. Like it kind of reminds me of the whole, um, I don't know if it was Chiefs and Rams, but like that, that one game that was like almost 100 points scored between both teams it was like 51-44. Like I think it's going to be one of those type of battles where they're both going to score like 150 plus points and it's going to come down to one meaningful play. Um, but I will probably say i'll I'll go with my brain and say tommy as much as as uh, much as it, go like, I'll, I'll go me, max but... we'll, the, the <laughs>
0: disrespected, well we'll each pick um a, a horse to ride all the way to the title game um once again unless the hollywood hustle gets really lucky uh, oh, if,
1: if you pick the title game brian i'll be like waving yeah. my pride <laughs> flags everywhere
0: <laughs> it's, it's not it's not gonna happen most likely but hey you know dare to dream uh all right let's get to the part where we get to talk about ourselves. Brad, I'm going to let you start off. Tell us where you're at, why you've made the decisions you've made, the kind of the direction of the Dubrovnik Dragons both this year and in the future. Right.
1: So in the beginning, again, I was telling everybody, you know, like this is my last year of competing. Like I want to try and go off on a bang. I literally was in a championship game last season and I felt like I had some unfinished business. Now, granted, I know I traded Kelsey and Josh Jacobs away during the off season, just in terms of trying to capitalize on their respective seasons. And then when the season started again, you were my first opponent. And I was like, oh man, I was off by like two, three points. Like it sucks, but like, I know at least my team is still competitive. And then as weeks progressed, and then again, there was, I think out of like my first three or four losses, like two were literally by like single digits. And then I don't know if, I think it was one against Mike. That was like week seven or eight, like after I had traded some meaningful assets where I lost literally by two one hundredths of a point. And I was like, wow, that's the closest I've ever lost ever in my whole entire time playing fantasy football. But basically after like the fourth or fifth uh, week, I was like, you know what, this isn't going to work out because I feel like, even if I were to score enough points to make it to sec, uh, six wild card, I feel like if I were to face Max or Steve, yep. that it would, it would just be like a stepping mat kind of thing. I'm like, you know, like I like I Jeff last compete.
0: year in <laughs> that seventh.
1: Season. Yes. Whereas, it's like it's it's like my uh, okay, Fred. Here's your participation award. Thanks for coming. Now move over for like the real guys to compete. Yep. So in my mind, and again too, because uh, you mentioned how like you never had that little amount of draft picks, but you still had a couple. Like for me, I think I only had like four or five max. So I was like, you know what, like if I need to come, if I need to rebuild and get younger, like I need to accumulate draft picks. And so I realized that, okay, I can keep this up forever as much as I wanted to. But knowing that my quarterbacks was like Kirk Cousins and Jared Goff, no Gus, no, Goff was able to, to, I think, play more, obviously, for the next couple of years. But knowing that Kirk was 35 and knowing my running back room, you know, Dalvin Cook is a bench warmer now. And, you know, I traded for Montgomery. Again, like, <laughs> the, oh, I take it back. Like, the J.K. Dobbins injury week one, after that, I was like, this isn't going to be for me. <laughs> I was like, cause I, I literally, I was like, if I had known that J.K. Dobbins was going to go out that first. He was um, like, you're one game. of your
0: future cornerstones, all those old guys. Oh, yeah. Had and it was,
1: yeah, absolutely. Cause like, again, I traded for uh pick, you know, 1.10 for uh, uh, Kelsey along with like Lockett and other people. So after getting, okay, cool. I got J.K. Dobbins, you no know, age 24, like he'll be a productive running back at least for like the next three or four seasons. And then once he went down, I was like, Okay, so literally my running back death was a benefit, and now it's like non-existent anymore. So it's kind of like the whole I saw the writing on the wall, and I was like, "Damn i <laughs> I guess this is where I need to like take a hard look." And after this contemplating, I was like, "You know what? I just got to restart. I got to rebuild." And so it it was kind of hard at the very beginning because I was like, "Oh, like i like pressing that accept button," because I was kind of like going back and forth, being like, "Do I do this trade?" Because I'm so, I, and I tell Tommy this too, like I'm so scarred over my like first year in the PDL trades where I would look back on them and it was like, what the hell was I thinking? Like I should have gotten more value for this person or like this doesn't seem very like. I know,
0: overspent better. on a lot of players because I was in redraft mode because it was only the second dynasty I'd ever been a part of. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I got all these draft picks. That's free money. Let me just trade a whole bunch. And it worked. I went to the championship, but uh, in retrospect, I'm like, man, I overpaid for some players
1: exactly so for me i was like you know what like in in, i know like tommy and darren just like oh man like taking forever to respond blah blah blah. but for me i kind of like get in my own head where i'm like okay i I need like contemplate weigh all my options make like the best educated guess or decision sometimes
0: rely on your trade advisor over in hollywood absolutely
1: (laughs) hey like i said like you know I, i i totally respect your pedigree of knowledge and experience and so i'd be like hey like. Just give me your two cents. Like, what do you think about this kind of thing? Yeah. I mean, ultimately, again, just like, you know, Darren, you No, know, I made the trade, like... Oh, yeah, I um, didn't man. tell he him did what to do. Tricker. I just said, hey, he did I, think or
0: I think this, um, right? I yeah, so, think
1: this. yeah, so overall, like, you know, just weighing all my options and competing and just being, okay, like, so-and-so's offering me this. What can you do kind of thing? So that's, I think, where I'm at right now. Like, I'm at least happy because I know that people were going to give me 2024 draft picks because that's the next upcoming one. And after, you know, all this hype about how well the wide receivers are and the running backs. And so I was like, okay, I should just focus two years from now. So that's why I started to more accumulate the 2025 picks. That's why now I have three first, a, uh, a second, and a bunch of like third and fourths, because I know that at least quality wise, that will allow me to draft players that are more like engaged to be able to start on their respective teams when that happens in that year. Um, so like i said I'm, I'm happy i'm hoping to get more draft picks uh, this year like hopefully like someone will you know need a tight end because as darren is running back you i'm tight end you but for some reason some people are just like oh i don't want higby but i'm like but he just scored 20 points <laughs> this past week like if you need like a backup or someone goes down like you could do a whole lot worse in that case so as of right now i'm you know, still selling off pieces to anyone who needs one because again. You no, know, Kareem, like, for example, like, if Jerome Ford goes down, Kareem Hunt becomes new RB1. So, probably is like, hey, Hunt like, he's be... actually
0: been somewhat productive. Surprise. Exactly. He,
1: he was on, like, I think a four or five uh, touchdown game streak before this past game. So, I do have serviceable players. I think it's just a matter of them being like, you no, know, do I want to give up a third or fourth round pick for someone who may or may not be on my team for next year? And I think that's why some people have, uh, no, not reached out for me lately in the, in the last few days. But I think like if there's any injuries that happen, I think they'll still contact me at least before the playoffs begin. Outside of week that, two we'll weeks. see what happens. You
0: got you to gotta hope it happens in the next two weeks because the playoffs exactly. start in week 15.
1: So we'll see what happens. But overall, I'm in, a, I'm in a happy spot right now, at least from a draft pick-wise. And I do have some building blocks because after I did my trade with Jeff, getting Trey McBride, and he's been popping off for Arizona with Zach oh, yeah, Ertzman-IR. McBride's great. In time and of then, room. Yeah, and then, as you mentioned with uh, Keaton Mitchell, with the Ravens, and being able you – No, know, granted, I know Harvog's just making it muddy with the whole running back by committee thing, but I feel like overall in the next year or two, I think Mitchell – Does have the uh, I think he'll be the
0: lead back next year, yeah. The
1: lead back because I think that Justice Hill will probably get like cut, and I think I'll just be Gus Edwards and Keaton Mitchell and some type of like one. Edwards is 28,
0: I think 28,
1: 29. Yeah, and I saw that Mitchell's only like 21, so he still has plenty years ahead, so that's why I'm like, okay, at least they have a respectable running back and tight end. Uh, again, wide receivers are kind of just plug and play at this at point. Same
0: how oh. I think Howell is going to be the starter um at least for another year yeah. um if not beyond that.
1: What's well, so like cuz like I think it was last year where I only had like two draft picks and both of those draft picks were Sam Howell and Cleo Shakur. Yeah, Shakur. So I felt kind of good with my drafting ability. It's just like, okay, hopefully I can now draft before the third round because in all three of my years of being in the PDL, I haven't picked higher than third round at all. So I'm kind of excited to be like, Oh my gosh, I have a second round pick. I've never, I've never
0: picked a first in the PDL. This would be my first time. Using a first. In the
1: exactly. So I'm, I'm kind of excited. I'm kind of like giddy. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can actually do something with this pick and I can take someone that I want to put on my team compared to just being stuck with whoever the scraps are. Um, but yeah, overall, I think I'm pretty happy with at least having a building block with Sam Howell, uh, Trey McRide, and hopefully Keaton Mitchell if he becomes lead back down there. Um, but how about you? How do you feel like your team is going to evolve between now and next season, Brian?
0: So I'm going to try to quickly go through uh, a number of different turning points because you guys know I, I've pivoted many times. I'm gonna explain <laughs> those so it started first in the playoffs last year. My team rode an 11-3 and record uh, and a playoff victory over Steve on the back of Jalen Hurts. And when he went down against Tommy in the playoffs and I got absolutely trounced, I made a decision like, okay, I cannot rely on one stud player I need to find a way to fill out the rest of my roster. Uh, I got that random offer from Greg for the 101 for Hertz and sending Purdy back. And you guys all know I'm a big believer in Purdy. So that was actually, I wouldn't have made the trade if I wasn't getting Purdy in return. I got a whole bunch of other assets. I've turned into guys like Tank Dell, Josh Downs, um, all came out of that particular trade. Um, but I still had enough assets, guys like James Conner, Tony Pollard, George Kittle uh that i thought i could compete just like you to start the season like hey i'm gonna make a run for it and it started off well beat you in week one uh but then i was broken when i lost to michael this was before michael made all the moves (laughs) i lost to the earthquakes and i was just like what am i doing like what's the (laughs) point like like, i can't
1: can't show my face in public anymore no (laughs) yeah no but
0: it's it's more like i'm slapping myself in the face It, it was it was not an embarrassing It was more just like like I'm delusional like why do I think I could compete with this arms race I I had just really? sold off Mark Andrews Cooper Cup because I was able to recruit uh really premium draft picks mm-hmm. um for those guys and I'm like why am I still trying to compete like what's the point so that's when I went into sell mode um I, but then I started winning again so then I bought some assets but then I'm like no then okay I'm like let's let, let's take it easy. Let me get rid of Pollard while he's at his peak. Um, and if I can throw in Kittle, because I don't, you know, he's so hit or miss. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I got my first ever, I'll be a 2024 first, and it's Tommy's, um, but I got the the capital. And then that's when it's like, oh, wait, all these young guys that I drafted, that I developed over this year and last year, but suddenly started, off. they started <laughs> popping. I'm like, oh, okay. So now I'm, <laughs> yeah. now I'm winning games. Now I'm competitive. Uh, so I made a few extra moves just to shore it up. I'm not going crazy. I'm going to hold on to these draft picks that I got. Uh, I'm very excited to use a, a first in the in a PDL this year, even if it's a late first. Um, but most importantly, my my young guys popped off. I, you know, some people might think it's delusional, but I think I'm pretty good at picking rookies. That is my whole strategy has been uh, has relied on my ability to identify talent, specifically talent in the later rounds like getting Tyler Algier in the middle of the second last year. And he had a, a, a thousand yards rushing, um, you know, you getting Dobbs Romeo too. Dobbs in the fourth, mm-hmm. getting uh, tank Dell in the third, uh, Josh Downs, who I still am, I'm very high on uh, getting him in the early second. Like all these are guys that are starters on my team that, uh, you know, I said, I didn't have a first I drafted one one last year. Like uh, to me, that was just such a slam dunk pick. It
1: was such a dream for you. That's like, is this real life? Like, so yeah, <laughs>
0: So obviously Bijan has been great, but that was not like like every, anybody could have seen Bijan would be great. Where I feel more yeah. pride in in drafting Tank Dell at three hundred two or or Dobbs in the fourth, and, and these are guys who are yeah. current and starters then, for me.
1: That there's nothing better than like throwing you know, darts on a board and seeing it all be super successful. Where it's like you know what, I took a chance and it's paying off, and I feel good about it.
0: So, uh, I mean, I like, I, I just traded for Jalen Warren and, you know, so the, and, and trading for the guys I'm trading for now are not like the, the yeah. veterans to give me a year or two. Like there are guys that could legitimately be starting running backs this year Najee Harris uh, due to be a free agent. Um, Ty Chandler, I think has a decent chance to actually take over for Madison, um, mm. next year. Uh, I've still got Bijan if Purdy and love can keep playing at this level. Uh, the three D's Dell Dobbs and and downs, Calvin Ridley's going to have at least, a, you know, two or three more seasons um courtland sutton tight end is 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 my most glaring need mm-hmm. since i traded away mark andrews um but if if that's the one glaring need i have then i can use my draft uh capital to find a way to address that so i'm feeling pretty good uh, i'm not unrealistic to think that i'm gonna make a long run if I, if I just make the playoffs and make my one a little bit later for for greg um <laughs> then that'll be a successful season. But honestly, it's successful just seeing Tank Dell as like a uh, top top 15 wide receiver in his rookie season.
1: I mean, honestly, like to see him just become the wide receiver one so quickly, especially for CJ Stroud, who again, rookie, and I feel like their chemistry is just on point. And I think they're going to just continue that over the next couple of years as being the wide receiver one of that team. And I think he's in a good spot where he'll just continue to flourish and produce for your team to make another playoff run.
0: Well, I certainly hope so. Uh, and if these young guys can continue to develop and I continue to hit on some of these later round picks, I think that's what guys like me and you have to do is, is use these later picks uh, and, and hope that they hit either by getting a lot of them and just throwing as many darts as we can or finding ways to to scout and, and identify the talent.
1: No question about it.
0: Well, that we are over an hour. We we have on the, the script NFL musings. I don't really... Want, I think we're good. I'm kind of just fine keeping this to the PDL. I don't know if you have any quick two cents you want to drop about the nfl landscape
1: oh i mean honestly it 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 definitely feels like you know i gotta wear the eagles green right here after uh sunday but it's just one of the scenes that like the eagles are 10 and 1 and as an eagles fan i want to like boast and whatnot but i also feel like too like they're lucky (laughs) in a way you
0: guys you're skating by the (laughs) the skin of your teeth
1: I, i mean literally like watching the watching them play against the commanders was like Uh, watching the Eagles face off against the Seahawks in like the 2010s, where it's like, yo, like they're playing us so hard, and I feel like we would lose to them, but somehow we just like pull a rabbit out of the hat and we end up winning in overtime or on a last minute play. Even again, like the Bills, like if Gabe Davis actually caught that end zone pass from Josh Allen, then we would have our second loss, but you know, we got lucky in that case. But I think though, that even though defensively, they're allowing so much passing yards that offensively, like if they can score 30 some points like they do, then you're good to go. I just wish that their second half offense was like the whole game offense because them being down 17-7, I was like, why are we so bad in the first two quarters? Like they can make changes in the second half and just you know blow off the top everywhere. But I just want them to be a little bit more consistent. I think also, too, just seeing how close that second seed is right now with like the Lions, the Cowboys, and the 49ers. I think it'll definitely be interesting to see like what ends up happening based off their uh, schedule. Huge
0: matchup this week. Get the Niners coming to town.
1: Niners and Eagles. And then the week after that is Eagles and Cowboys. Cowboys, So it's like, no, we we had (laughs) just looking at the schedule at the beginning, I was like, yo, we have like a awful like middle season where we just have all these playoff teams with the Cowboys twice Niners Eagle uh, Bills and Chiefs and for them to come away right now like three and oh I'm like pleasantly surprised because I actually have a like Eagles season prediction on my classroom whiteboard and I just had my students kind of write down what uh, record predictions they were going to do I thought they were gonna be 12 and 5 honestly cause I was like yo we're gonna probably lose a couple games against those like heavy hitters or like those divisional matchups." so I'm still like pleasantly surprised at their 10-1. I'm kind of hoping that they can hold on for that uh, first seed right there so you can get the bye and that Jalen Hurts' his knee can not be a talking point for all these NFL announcers being like, oh, his knee has a silver brace on and whatnot mm-hmm. because obviously like he's not saying anything about it and the team's not going to acknowledge it too much. But I think from the NFC side, I think it's the Eagles' you know, season to lose in that case. Now, granted, I think the Niners and Eagles will – match up again in the NFC Championship. Uh, I'm more curious, though, because I think the AFC especially is like anyone's race, because after the Chiefs lost to us and looking at the record, I think the Jaguars right now are the number one seed, and I was like, the I don't Ravens. think anyone. Ravens are the one seed. Okay. Ravens now? Okay. Yep. That was it
0: it switched uh, four different teams were the number one seed at various points on Sunday. Started okay. with the Dolphins, um, moved to the Chiefs. Then no, move to the Jags, then the Chiefs, then the Ravens.
1: See, so, it, it changes so quickly; I can't even keep up with it yeah. right there. But <laughs> I, I think definitely the AFC side should be definitely a lot more entertaining and competitive. I think just in terms of like it's anyone's game to go with that. Um, but like I said, I think it's been a really exciting season. Obviously, there's some um, crazy stuff going on with like NFL officiating, as well as like some penalties, as well as um, just like the landscape of just the NFL in general, in terms of what they're looking for, but I'm uh, I'm excited to watch the next couple of weeks and see how uh, regular season ends and playoff football. Hopefully, the Eagles don't kill me uh, emotionally as I'm like watching the clock tick down in the last like two or three minutes of the game. But uh, I, yeah, I think it's been a exciting NFL season so far.
0: As a Dolphins fan, I'm just happy to be here. Somehow we're going to win the AFC East mainly because we're finding ways to skirt by and beat the teams we're supposed to be and the Bills um, are kind of in the opposite direction. So um, it has been a fun NFL season. It's hard to believe it's already going into week 13. Well, Brett, we did it. Another disrespected pod in the books. The next one, we don't know when the next one's going to be. That's how we do this thing. So you're just going to always be surprised. When is it disrespected? But maybe next time. We'll bring Tanisha on. Maybe we'll do it after the, the season. Uh, we'll see how far he gets. We'll see if he can do what we did, Brett, and make it to the championship game as, as the new Purdue. Um, but thanks for listening to the disrespected Brett Caseman, Brian McFadden. We'll see you whenever we see you.
1: We'll see you guys soon. Take care, guys.